everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I am a Chicago musician and also a licensed clinical professional counselor. I um, was actually just on a Zoom call with a family friend who are uh, having a baby shower. They're adopting a baby and they were just talking through the process about how they went through the adoption process and how that's all playing out. And so that's very much on my mind. It was really touching to hear about that. Um, but getting back to the show, so I'm kind of transitioning back to show mode. So music therapy is a show where I use my experience as a counselor to address issues that are facing musicians and other creatives um, during these weird times. And some of that involves informational videos, and other times it involves interviews, like today. I'm going to be doing an interview with Shelby Turner, who will be joining us in just a second. Um, if you want to look at some past interviews and past shows that are on YouTube, they used to live in my uh, story, but now Instagram changed it to be in the IGTV um, tab. I'm trying to see if Shelby's here. Yeah, he's here. Okay. Um, so I don't know what Instagram's trying to pull, but they're up there. It'll be up there, but they're definitely going to be on YouTube. Um, I'm really excited to talk to Shelby. I'll give a quick. I should have made a list because I think he's got many, many things that. Uh, you know, are great to share about him, but in addition to being a good friend, he's also a really talented songwriter and performer. Um, he's, you know, created communities and been part of communities all over the, the country. Um, he's also an instrumental part of the Chicago mu music scene. And, uh, sorry, David just said, uh-oh, because uh, Huck just started crying. Um, he's gotta get up, so. Um, he's also an instrumental part of the DIY scene here in Chicago, and a lot of cities have DIY, DIY scenes, but I think what makes Chicago's particularly special is there's a certain sort of uh, magic that you know comes from some of the spaces, and Shelby and his partner Katie are a huge part of what makes it particularly special here, I think. Um, and and so much more, but we're going to talk to Shelby, so let's see, tomorrow I've got Sasha Mullen coming on, next weekend I've got some great guests lining up, I'm still filling in the dates, but I'll keep you guys posted on that. Let me connect with Shelby. Connect with Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I'm going to turn up my volume. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm really nervous. Don't be nervous. We'll get through it together. We can totally delete this if you don't like it. No one will ever know about it again. We can convince the people that watched it that they never saw it. I have Avis in the background, too. Oh, yeah. I almost, I do want to ask you if you'll scoot over a little, because right now all the comments are right on your face. That's better. Okay, well, if you have questions for Shelby, please uh, please type them in. But, um, but yeah, thank you for coming <laughs> on. Um, and you can explain some things, too, if we don't understand. Um, so you're doing okay today? A little nervous? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> go ahead. Katie was giving me a pep talk. I, uh, talk? I talked to you about this, too, but I am not really used to, like, being interviewed like as myself like honestly and I'm, I'm normally like pretending to be somebody else so it's kind of a uh outside of my comfort zone mm -hmm. like personally to be like vulnerable in this way in public well thanks for doing it 
if if anything goes too far, just use a code word. Somehow I'll know what you mean. You can throw a <laughs> word in there and we'll. we'll I'll we'll... probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, so I'm going to start out the same way that I've started out all the interviews, which is basically to get a contrast, if there is a contrast, between what your life looked like. Can you hear Huck yelling in the background? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so to get a contrast of what your life looked like before quarantine versus after, if there's a contrast. So the quarantine in Illinois started March 21st. So what, what would a typical week look like for you, you know, before that? Um, I work as a teacher's aide at a Catholic school. So I uh, work like nine to five, nine to six ish every day and I am also in grad school at DePaul to get a master's in elementary education uh, so I've been pretty busy with those things like for the past couple of years mm -hmm. and um, I live with my partner Katie and our friend Brian in a house called Big Forever that has shows like sometimes and we Play, we play music here. Uh, Brian and I are in a band. Hi, Brian. Uh, and so we play in our band. But it's like we would do like one show here a month. Our band might play like one show a month. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and then you, are you taking some other classes too in addition to the DePaul ones? Yeah, um, so to be certified as an elementary school teacher, you need to have a certain amount of like prerequisites. And because I went to like a liberal arts school, I didn't take any gen ed classes. So I've had to um, enroll at city colleges and take some classes online. Like um, I just I just finished biology. So biology was my last one. And then I was going to take an equivalency test for uh, macroeconomics. But uh, now all the testing centers are closed, so that's kind of TBD. But um, yeah, in theory, I'm supposed to be student teaching in the fall, and I'll be certified after that. But it's kind of up in there a little bit. Okay. So, what was your favorite of your of your general ed classes? Um. Well. <laughs> uh, last summer I took history, and I decided to U.S. history. Sorry. And I decided to um, read Howard Zinn, uh, People's History of the United States, like while I was doing the doing the coursework. So I had never read that before, and that was really cool and mind blowing. But I also like my science classes because they had like lab kits. You had to buy lab kits, so you do like the labs at home and follow the instructions, which was fun. I got to do. I have some a picture stuff. of you in the basement with the coat on, just. Getting crazy with it. Katie <laughs> took some pictures. If you really want to see, I can call them so, up. So you, you know, have been very busy. So what, how do those look different now that we're in quarantine, like both work and uh, your classes? Um, college is online now and is, is whatever. Um, and like, it's not, it's not that good and it's not that bad. Um, but uh, we're just trying to get through it. And 
Um, my school is, has gone to remote learning like every school, but um, my job as a teacher's aide has been kind of hands off. So there, ha there hasn't been that much that I've been asked to do. So I've had, I'm still being paid, which I'm very fortunate for. And um, I uh, have a lot of free time. Um, how has this all felt for you? Uh, it's, it's been pretty good for me. I've been, I've been on like a journey of self-discovery and I'm in like a very fortunate situation, not only with my job, but my housing situation and, um, my relationship, um, with my partner, Katie, uh, we, we don't have a screaming child. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. Um, uh, yeah, things, things, things are nice for us. So, um, I've been trying to like refine my, uh, self-care routine, I guess, and, um, be creative and be like mentally healthy. What are you doing for self-care? Um, I mean, I, we are eating well, like, and keeping things clean and tidy, which, um, are not things that I would normally prioritize, but like, uh, it, it kind of makes a world of difference uh -huh. for, um, just like waking up and feeling like you want to like do something, you know, uh -huh. like, oh, I can walk into the kitchen and like, there aren't dishes stacked everywhere. Cause we've been like doing our dishes and stuff like, so just having like keeping, keeping the space well, like keeps the self well kind of, uh, -huh. uh but I, ha I haven't been exercising as much as, uh, anyone I've talked to, <laughs> but, um, I feel fine about that. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to like, not, uh, like piss my time away and I'm trying to like, uh, do things that, um, I find fulfilling. I've been, I've been trying to like dedicate more time to writing songs and working on music. So what is that looking like? What have you been working on? Um, well, you, I know you've mentioned this on music therapy before, but, um, song, songwriting club, like we, Jessica and I, to the viewers are both a part of a songwriting club, which meets now every other week. Uh, we've been meeting on zoom and, um, that has been like a really nice way to like have a goal of something to work towards, to be finished every two weeks. And also it's been like a nice sense of community kind of to like get together with people. Um, and I, a lot of the zoom conversations are like, so like, how's quarantine for you? Like, Oh yeah. Sweet. Oh yeah. I went to the grocery store. It was crazy. Um, but for, for a songwriting club, it's kind of cool to like escape, escape reality a little bit and just kind of focus on talking about our songs and listening really closely to each other's songs. It's like, it's an amazing experience for me to like, just, to be able to go into this world of like talking, talking and listening to music very closely and like kind of sharing, it's like a sacred place for me that I get to share. It's like a, almost like a church or something. It's very restorative. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, so that I think, I think I've really like leaned into that and um, 
have any anyone anyone that like thinks that they would benefit from that I, I would love if like more people would come not that like it would be better with more people but just like I was thinking like if it could like bring like a fraction of the joy that it brings into my life to somebody else's life like please like you know come come forth I um, think I mean, yeah for me it's definitely given some meaning to this time where I mean I have my own pace when I work on music and stuff but now that I have more space but things are kind of stressful it's it's been nice to not only see people, but to have this ongoing thing where I feel like I'm, I, I don't know, using the time and like you said, kind of connecting with people. It's also just kind of nice socially. Um, but I know we were first going to do it before all this started. We had kind of said we were going to go back to once a month, but I'm glad we've ramped it up to every two weeks. It's kept, it's kept it flowing. Do you feel like your songs, I mean, I know your songs cause I've, I've heard them, that you've been making, but do you feel like, are they connected with each other at all? Are they connected with this experience? The ones that you've been working on recently? Uh, yeah, I should say, I don't know if I told you this, um, but I, last Sunday I, I was like, I'm just gonna start writing a song every day. Because if I, if, if, if there's a day where I wrote a song, then like, I feel so good that day. And I also, I feel the same way about watching like a really good horror movie. So I was like, if possible, I'm going to try to write a song every day and watch a horror movie every day. Um, but I have, I have written seven in a row now. So I'm kind of, I have a little hot, I have a little fire streak. Mm -hmm. um, and um, sometimes when you're like forcing yourself to write a song and you pick up the guitar or whatever, you end up just like, singing about the first thing that comes to mind. So like some of them have been a little like quarantine themed, I guess. But um, I'm also just reflecting on like my relationships and like the world as I know it. And, you know, thinking about myself, like thinking about like being a better, being a better man. Um, but like I was saying, to, I was messaging with my friend earlier, um, and uh, I wrote a song this week that is about chess, and it sounds like Devo. Um, so I think that's the other cool thing about like kind of forcing yourself to just write a song is like sometimes you some you something just comes out of left field. Like I never would have like written this song if I hadn't have like forced myself to write a song today. You know? Yeah. When you're trying to think of how to say this concisely. So I, mean, I feel like your songs feel very like melody led. Like I can just hear you kind of sing, I don't know, singing something and the words coming out and then you kind of put the music and chords to it underneath it. I don't know if that's how you actually write, but it feels to me like it could be. How do you, how does a song come together for you? Um, sometimes I have an idea of what I want the song to, be about and like um uh I, a couple of songwriting clubs ago i wrote a song called um the sunsets on Foamland, which was like a very like narrative song about like life in a punk house kind of uh, and that i pretty much like wrote the whole song without ever picking up the guitar 
-hmm. you know? I like wrote all the words first. But then other times if I don't have a strong idea of like what I want, if I don't have a strong narrative idea or like thematic idea, then like I will just pick up a guitar and like come up with a riff or whatever. Um, and then in the past few years, I've been like using using technology a little bit. We're all like, I, I record music with Logic, Logic Pro and I'll just, I'll like come up with like a little musical thing on the guitar or keyboard and just like loop it or like come up with a drum thing first. So it's, I think like um, changing, changing like the uh, method kind of changes the result, obviously, mm -hmm. which I find kind of exciting, you know? So when you wrote the Phoneland song and you had the words, did they have a melody to them or did you then put a melody to the words? Um, it's kind of, it's funny. It's like, it's like when you have a dream and you're like, where did this dream come from? Or what does it mean? You know, like sometimes the song just like starts to form itself in your head. And like, I think a lot of times it's like kind of mashed up versions of songs that are already in your head. And like, sometimes I'll think of like a stanza of like a song that I like and just like mm -hmm. kind of base the, the meter on a song that I know already. Um, but I was talking to my friend, um, uh -oh, I don't want to give up too much uh, personal information here. Anyway, uh, something that she said just kind of made me think of one of the lines from the song. And then I, um, I just kind of vibed on it. I don't know. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of, of punk houses and then I, I introduced you, we're kind of talking about DIY scene and your role that you've had in the Chicago scene. Um, how has it been for you? I mean, I feel like you've made some changes in your life and the things like going, going to school and with working and everything over the time that I've known you. And, um, you know, that's also, you've, you've kind of been in different places, but always kind of tried to create a space for people to perform and perform yourself. And, um, over time, it feels like, you know, that was something that was, you had more room to give to that. Whereas lately it feels like you're really busy and you're still doing that in the house, but not as much. How is that? How does that feel for you? Um, it feels, it's, the, my feelings are extremely like complicated about it. You know, like I, I never imagined myself like making a decision. Like I don't want to um, host shows for people anymore. I don't want to, play shows anymore. I don't want to go on tour anymore. I never like, like 10 years ago, like I never would have believed like that that thought would cross my mind. But you know, life is just kind of funny that way. Like I started working a job, like working with kids and like working a job that isn't like, isn't what I feel like a dead end job, like jobs I've always had working in kitchens and stuff. Like, uh, I felt this sense of like fulfillment and and like satisfaction and like self-esteem almost like I'm doing something that matters like mm -hmm. like outside of like whatever host shows like because on on any given day I could like talk myself out of thinking that like that is an important thing to do like art is a, like that any type of art is like a noble way for me to spend my time you know like I think like a lot of creative people like you just can't you can't always like convince yourself that it's worth your time but um 
working with kids, I just feel like was totally different where I just wanted to, um, I felt like every, every moment that I spent helping kids is like a moment, a moment well spent. And, um, so I just, I really wanted to like get more into that as a career kind of, Mm -hmm. um, and then I started getting like a regular paycheck and benefits and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I never knew what I was missing in terms of like the kind of mental stability and like security that like a regular paycheck and like benefits would give me. Uh, and obviously like no judgment to people who, who don't want to have a regular job, but like, I, I think I really took for granted like the, those kind of creature comforts I guess um but so getting a job changed life and um being in a more serious relationship also like it I don't know it's like I feel like every every decision I make to like go out or you know spend my night at a at a show or at the empty bottle or like you know gallivanting um, is a night that I'm away from my partner and our relationship. And like, there are some weeks, you know, in, in an alternate universe where like people still go to shows and stuff, but like, there are some weeks where like, we never see each other, you know? And like, I think you, you can identify with this too, because your partner is, uh, is an entertainer. Um, but you know, it's hard. It's, it's like if I can make a choice to either like go out, it's like to make a choice to go out will like diminish what I have at home. And like staying at home will like kind of build it and nurture it and support it. So like, I think, I think it was like a paradigm shift for me where like, like building, building my home kind of life became like more of a priority for me. So that meant that like, I had to um, focus less on um, kind of music, music scene, like networking things. But um, it's it's a conflict, like I said, because it's always been like a big part of like my identity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, what and like that... even go ahead, sorry. Like as you introduced me, you talk about like how important like. I am to the Chicago music scene or like my house shows or my community or whatever, like, you know, like it's like a part of my thing that I do in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, it's hard to just walk away from that, you know? Cause like, if I stopped doing all that today and you know, really I'm not doing it right now, but in theory, like if I never played or set up a show again, like, how would I be remembered, you know? Hmm. Okay. There's, there's a few entry points I want to go into. For, for one, one, I mean, one comment I guess I have is that from the outside, it also looks like you and Katie, your partner, that you guys do a lot of that together. Pinky Square, it felt like, you know, this was something that both of you created this space and, and the people who would live with you as well, that you guys are always kind of the rock of it, um, that it felt like a shared part of your relationship that you would... Okay, yeah. that's my observation. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it is it's it has it has a place in her life too, but it's her relationship to hosting shows is it it means something else to her, I think. So we've kind of negotiated that too. 
Well, the other thing is that your life, I mean, it seems like you kind of made these, these changes and these adjustments based on your relationship and these experiences you've had at work, but it also feels like you just probably don't have as much time even before the pandemic started because you have been really busy with school and now nobody could even come to anything anyway for the moment. Um, so I don't know. So I guess I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what that could develop into over time when there's a time where we can all see each other again and what that might look like that feels like it's in better balance for you and you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, it's, hopefully it's like never, never static in any of our lives. Like it's like something that we're constantly communicating with ourselves and people we care about where like how, how much, how much energy and time do I, do I want to dedicate to this like today or this week? You know, mm-hmm. like if like, like sometimes in my life, like, Oh, like I'm booking a tour and working at the same time. Like I, I get so overwhelmed and stressed out, you know, like having to like do balance all these things. Like it, it has never seemed like very like healthy or sustainable to me. And I think like finally, like, acknowledging that like was just a big step in the right direction so I think over the past few years since I started to like really feel myself like burning out on touring at least um and also like I think um a lot of the commerce related parts about like being a musician like all like things that like tie more heavily into like capitalism and like buying and selling and marketing you know like Mm -hmm. those are things that like do not bring me joy mm-hmm. and so as I'm trying to like make this more sustainable I try to just like negotiate like what is worth my time and what isn't and obviously it will be like less time than I spent before but I think hosting shows at my house or wherever is still like something that like is very fulfilling to me even though there is like a promotional kind of aspect to it like I think like sharing the space is like very like it feels really good to me and I don't I don't have any like plans to like stop doing that that's uh, that's nice to hear I, I remember uh, I don't know if you remember this but um several years ago you had said to me that one of the most important things that you like to do is give other people an opportunity so like giving them a space to come play their show or come through town or just, you know, you've always been very open to whoever wanted to get up there and and do their thing. And, um, yeah, I think that's really appreciated by a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that is true. I feel like, I, I think it feels good. It feels good to give somebody else something that like will improve their life in a way, you know? And like when you have like, in a way, like having, a show house is like it's a form of like social and cultural capital kind of mm-hmm. where like I'm I have something I have access to something and I have a kind of dominion over something that like other people don't have so mm-hmm. like I, I can I can share this with them at no cost to me you know I can I can let people on stage um, or whatever and like that's 
anyone that has like a space is kind of like a gatekeeper of like um, culture in a way. Um, but I think the more I thought about that, the the harder kind of it became to think about like, oh, like most of the musicians that play at my spaces are white, you know, like how how to like create a space that is like, I don't know, inclusive or equitable, but also like, I don't know. I just feel like I, there are, I came up with a lot of questions, but not a lot of answers. So I think like a few years ago when we talked about this, I might've like, yeah, I think it, I think, I think it's all very complicated. It's all very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so this, this brings me back to another thing I wanted to go back to. You're talking about like giving people an opportunity and then the meaning that you find in being, you know, working in a school, working with kids, and then that you have questions or may not feel exactly the same way about creating art. I can't remember exactly what you said, but, you know, there was something about school that felt like it clicked more for you. This, this feels meaningful to me in a way that making art didn't always necessarily. And I guess I wanted to ask you, like, if you could talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I mean, I think maybe you and maybe people that are watching can identify with this. And like, it's funny. It's funny, like, yeah, like every everyone gets down on themselves about their own art, I think, like, and like, if, if they don't at all, then like, they are on another level that I don't understand at all, like, you know, but like, for example, like you log into your Bandcamp page and you look at the streams of your music or something and you see like, okay, like over the past month, like four people have listened to one of my songs all the way through and like eight people have skipped, you know, and like, that I worked so hard on that I like put my heart into that I that I sequenced this, this, this entire thing like no one according to the bank statistics has like listened all the way through and like that is a small example of like, how humbling it can be to like create something and put it out into the world like especially music that music is like an interactive art form you know? it doesn't just like sit there and look good like without a listener engaging with it like it just doesn't exist you know it's like the like the tree falling in the forest you know like we're literally talking about the sound that it makes you know so like um i think i think it's hard to to not always have people like listening to what you're doing or like it to to feel like people don't care about what you're doing um and i think i think there are a lot of times when I like really think about that, I think like, oh, like making music is like not worthwhile because like I work so hard on it and like no one cares, like basically, you know, melodramatic, yeah. but like that's like a feeling that crosses my mind sometimes. But like when I walk into the school, even like when I wake up in a horrible mood and I write and I walk in, like it all, all just kind of melts away, you know, like it's, it's not about me. Like, the kids don't really care. 
like they know I'm in a band, but like they don't really care if the band is good or not. Like it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter to anybody there, you know, which like is really kind of freeing for me. Like I feel like I could just like let go of my ego a bit and focus on um, just like talking to the kids about and working with them on things that they need help with and you know like phonics like just focusing on phonics you know like and I can escape like my own ego and like my the the kind of I don't know it's like it's really painful to like make art you know like to put yourself out there like really it really hurts like it's so heartbreaking a lot of the time you know so i think like finding a balance of things that like are not heartbreaking like makes it more sustainable you know what if any meaning or pleasure do you get out of the process of making it the process of making music yeah we're kind of focusing a little bit on the product and how it's received and noticed or not what about the act of creating? Is that enjoyable or meaningful at all? Uh, I'm not saying it should be, I'm just asking. Are you still there? You froze. Oh, there you are. Uh-oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Hold on, this has happened before. I have it. Can you hear me, Shelby? Give me a thumbs up. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Did you get a phone call? I didn't get anything. Did you get a text or a phone call or something? No. The internet has been really sketchy here, though. It just kind of blacks out sometimes. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's like I was saying, it's Instagram's fault. So we were in the middle of uh, talking about, you know, sort of the product versus the process and if there's any meaning or, or joy or pain uh, in the, the process of, you know, making a song or making something for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if if it, um, froze before I said this, but I, I feel like, um, creating a song for me is like the best part, like where I get to kind of create my own little universe. Like you get to, like you're the creator, you're the master of this universe in this song and you can make the rules you know you can like you can choose you can choose everything you can like choose the instruments choose the time signature you can pick what it's going to be about you can change the voice that you sing in you know like and i feel like it gives me such a high to like create a song and like especially like when i when i finish a song like i get like feeling like nothing else kind of mm-hmm. like which is why I've been doing it every day where it's just like yeah why not like and it's like because I'm doing it for myself pretty much just to get that feeling like and like also like the more songs you write like okay like I don't really care if anyone hears these songs like yeah it, I'm do I'm like literally doing it just to like make myself feel better do you do you always feel happy with your end product? Product. 
Um, I'm happy, like, uh, finishing a song no matter what. And if if the song is good, like, and my my criteria for this is, like, an hour or two after I like, finish writing the song, if I can mm-hmm. remember how the song goes, then I'm kind of like, oh, like, the song is still with me, kind of. Like, wow. Uh-huh. Then I feel like, oh, like, I did something really good or I did something special with, with this one. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's funny, like talking to people and trying to convince them to join songwriting club and stuff. People are like, Oh, like I am having a hard time writing songs or I'm not inspired lately. And it's just like, I feel like the more songs you write, the easier it gets kind of, it's like every time you write a song, you get like a little better at like the practice, you know, it's like practice. Like the more you do it, like the, the easier it becomes. So when I was, I was just telling this, that I did a podcast with Anna Holmquist uh, yesterday and I was just saying, Oh, was that the bad songwriter? Yeah. Bad songwriter. And I was saying that when I was in college and I wanted to write songs, but I really wasn't doing it yet. Cause I was, I, it was just very daunting. A friend of mine had said, I'd asked him if it gets easier with time. And he said, he doesn't think it gets easier, but it becomes more possible. I feel like that's my, my experience. Do you feel like you're in, well, I'll let you comment. <laughs> it looked like you were going to say something. I think it gets easier, but I don't know. You think it gets, okay, well, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, for me, it's often a slog and it, I think it has gotten easier with time actually, but um, it's often very hard and frustrating. I mean, do you feel in control of the process? Do you feel like you're doing what you want to do when you're working on a song and it's going the way you want it to go? Uh, I was talking to my friend John about this the other day, like, if you, if I'm like try to, trying to write songs for a new Richard album record, and like especially like imagining some alternate universe where like I was on a label or something, and like they're like, all right, we'll put we'll put this out on LP if it's really really good, then mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a lot harder for me to like be free to come up with a song because I would I would be I would be censoring myself like even before I started writing the song, I'd be like judging yeah. what the song was, but like to not have any objective is I feel like to to pick up a guitar and be like I I will write the stupidest song ever right now mm-hmm. like you know I think it just comes out sometimes and sometimes it's theme. good it's not yeah no for sure I mean kind of a theme of this conversation also just feels like liberation whether you kind of like you know finding things that give you more meaning and how that frees you for maybe other pursuits and Maybe writing a song without thinking of an intended audience frees you up to just kind of do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every everyone probably has their own version of like this kind of liberation, where like people are. Hopefully, hopefully, this is giving people like an opportunity to like explore those things in their own life and like kind of tap into like ways to be happier. That okay. So that leads neatly into the kind of the last thing that I had sort of pre thought of to talk to you about, which is that, you know, you, you have sort of a body of work that's both musical and performative. Um, and, you know, sometimes you're creating music that's meant for an album to record it. Are you still there? You're circling. Did you kick me off? Huh? Yeah. Okay. But I can hear you now. 
Um, did it send you a dirty message when I did that? Uh, no. Okay. No, it was, it was pretty. Um, it, it, so, okay. So I was saying that, uh, you know, you have this body of work that includes like songs and albums you make. That's like, here's the finished thing and I'm going to put it out there and it kind of exists you know, in time for people to, to see. But then you also, one of the things that I really, uh, that I really love about what you create and, and, and some of the friends that create it with you is that you also have these events or make plays or do skits or something that sort of exists in this one day, this one time. And if you're there, you're there. And if you're not, it's gone. And it's like this magical thing that, uh, I don't know. Maybe one of my roommates is trying to like stream something right now. So, okay, well, let me, I don't want to leave this hanging, this thought hanging. Um, so there, there seems to be this different, I mean, I guess I should have prefaced this by saying sometimes when I go deep and I kind of think about why I might make music or make an album, I think part of it is, <laughs> damn. I can hear you. Are you still there? Sorry, that's kind of frustrating. Um, I'm sorry. Let's, let's see if I can get it through the question. I guess it's kind of long-winded. So I was, you know, when I think about the stuff that I make, sometimes I think that part of making something and putting it out there is that you, you know, there's a sort of, this is a piece of me and the piece of me wants to be like affirmed or remembered or even maybe like in a way that kind of extends my identity and helps me feel like I'm kind of living through that for other people. And if that's not um, being experienced, then, you know, that can be sort of, I, I guess I'm not going to get too far into analyzing all of that, but then, so I think there's a lot of meaning attached to uh, personal meaning and a sense of self attached to the things that we create and why it's important. It feels like that people, um, people consume them for lack of a better word, but you also have this body of stuff that you make that will blow me away. It'll be like something that'll be better than I'll see at like a Chicago theater or something like that, like a play that you'll do. And it just, for real, it just exists in this like one, one space, this one moment in time. And I, I guess I just want to ask you about how you think about those, those creations. Uh, um, but theoretically, like, I can hear you. You were kind of breaking up, and I can. Okay, I'm on my phone now instead of the iPad. Okay. Okay, so a whole nother set of problems. <laughs> but <laughs> so, um, like, if I made a play and wanted it produced in a Chicago theater, like, it would, to me, it would be like this impossible like series of hoops I would need to jump through, including like I was talking about earlier, like promoting it, like begging people to come. Yeah. And I think like for something that happens once, like it's like trying to like cut as much of the like difficult parts about like putting on a show out of it. That being like the marketing part of it? Marketing and like really preparing for it. Like not like the, when my friends and I do like a winter pageant. Mm -hmm. um, people who are watching have seen, but we um, generally don't rehearse 
prepare for it very much but like i think the magic is really just like the the experience of like everyone being in the room together and i think like i think the fact that it only happens once and it's full of like little mistakes and um special like breaking the fourth wall moments mm -hmm. like i think it makes it more special you know like where whereas if we had like done something and rehearsed it a lot like it would be less exciting in a way and like le definitely less like punk rock uh -huh. where like it would it would be harder to imagine like happening in like somebody's loft or whatever you know yeah but i i think yeah i went i went to i studied like performance art in college and stuff so i think i really like kind of became a believer in that like live live art uh -huh. like the, the magic of like something that is live kind of like and which like really like is what makes what makes theater interesting like theater has like changed a lot and like has like i'm not like an expert on theater by any means but like you know it's it's really like suffered kind of in some ways since like tv and movies like became easier ways in entertainment but there's something that like theater provides that like none of those things could ever could ever even like emulate where like theater is like actually real you know is what it's actually real you know it's like there are actually people in front of you like one of them could like fall down it could be a total disaster like and like that is what's exciting and that's why it's cool to like go see like people like acrobats like tightrope walkers or and like even like dancers like dancers are constantly like somehow not like falling down and hurting themselves like it's this amazing like balance of like um kind of like magic and peril you know where like they anything could happen in front of you as you're watching and um also like it could be like the most amazing thing that you ever see um and I think like, yeah, like a recording of one of our songs could never be that. You know? Yeah. Because it's, it's done. It's like, it's dead in a way. Like it's not alive anymore. Um, and like really the, the live part of it is the meaning that the listener makes when they engage with the recording. But like, that's out of your hands, you know? Mm -hmm. But like with, with live performance and like even, I've always tried to like, Keep this in mind like with events we do and um with my bands if possible if i feel like it's sustainable and healthy to like put energy into this which sometimes it is really exhausting but like if you if you go see a rock band and they do something like unexpected that you never thought a rock band would do like it just i don't know i just feel like it something something happens that i can't really describe and like maybe i don't need to but like it's something, something, there's like a blip in the universe that like becomes alive for a second. Like, is like, if you're there, like, you know, like it's important, it feels important. And like, I think the fact it only happens once in this kind of like makes it, makes it more magical, you know? Uh, but, I think that 
I've always felt like if you get up on stage in front of people, like theoretically, like if you, if people are watching you, like you could really do whatever you want, you know? Mm-hmm. I could, I could book a show and be like, okay, I'm Shelby Turner. I'm going to come play my guitar and sing. But like, I could really, once I'm, once people are watching me, I could put the guitar down. I could like take my shoes off. I could like, you know, start like doing push ups. Like it's, it's really like, the possibilities are like unlimited and like I I I try to like always I try to always like keep that in mind I guess. Thanks. I just also want to add that like I think like things that I do like, maybe are kind of dumb. Like the I did a performance at my house recently where like I would like put in front of people and like rap about it. And like, this is kind of dumb. It wasn't like a very deep thing, but like, maybe like someone would like, my friend Joseph was there and was like, oh, there were some people that were kind of younger and like have maybe never seen someone like cook an egg in their own kitchen as part of a performance before. Uh-huh. And maybe somebody will like get an idea from that, like something dumb that like me or my friends do, will go on and be, oh, like, I never imagined doing this, but, but actually, good idea now I'm gonna do it and like I just I think it's like a sacred it's kind of like a sacred thing to share and it's like a sacred space for me like but like to be in a room with other people and to uh to perform and to like share kind of that so like I I hope it's always a part of um, my life and I hope it's always a part of like our culture I guess our society like I hope I hope (laughs) I hope this pandemic doesn't um, kill that, you know, desire for people to be together and share like that kind of magic, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think that's what we're all missing. Um, circling back then, um, this is, thank you, first of all, because this has been a really nice conversation. It's been really great to hear your thoughts on this stuff. I could probably like ask you a whole bunch more, but um, I'll just close with, you know, what because the show has a particular focus on like mental health awareness and um, people's experiences during all this, is there anything that you can share with people that's been working for you to get through this time that you do? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mentioned this earlier every day. Some days are, some days are harder than others, you know? And I think, I think like constantly like having with yourself where you're asking, you're investigating how to feel and like where your feelings come from. Like for me, like I really just feel like. You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I can hear this little like sound. How does it sound now? Better. Okay. Yeah, so constantly having like a conversation with yourself. I hear it again. Uh, <laughs> But um, like for me, like food, you know, mm-hmm. like if I'm, if I haven't eaten or if I haven't eaten a healthy meal, like I start to kind of run off, you know, I start to lose it. <laughs> You're fading away. Uh, if I, then I start to lose it, but that's just one example. Okay. Um, and I think like, yeah, never, never. You know, never give up on like having that conversation. Because some days it feels too 
stop working on it. But I think like there 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 and control that will make us will maybe won't make us happy, but will keep like pull us out of the um, out of the doldrums, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I think I think the universe is saying wrap yeah. it up. Uh, but thanks a lot for being on the show. And I miss you and to see you. See you in person soon. Yeah, let's make a plan. Thanks for inviting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Shelby. Okay, that was Shelby, uh, Shelby Turner of Richard Album. It was a really great conversation, despite some technical difficulties, through no fault of our own. Um, and you know, if you missed it, I'm going to be putting it on YouTube. I think it's going to live on the IGTV. I don't know. Instagram has been mixing it up a little bit lately, so but it'll be there. I really recommend it. Um, just hearing about how Shelby's relationship with his music has changed as he sort of moved through his life and where he finds meaning and all that was um, was really interesting to hear about and makes me contemplate things too. So I'm going to close out as I do every music therapy show with this song. And let's see. Okay. It's called Cut My Hair.
I forgot to ask Shelby because I was so enchanted by our conversation where you can find his music, but I know he's got a band camp with Richard Album. I know he's got music on Spotify, um, so go check that out. Also want to wish a very special happy birthday to Schlitz Sheboygan. It's his birthday today. Um, I miss you guys, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Sasha Mullen. I'm going to talk some more. Next weekend, I've got some really good guests lining up. Once I have the dates, I will... I will uh, let you know who they are and when they're going to be on, but uh, stay tuned. Thanks for watching Music Therapy. Hope you guys are doing okay. Miss you and see you soon.